0: Hello and welcome back to NAEMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and this week we're going to talk about the Lighthouse Leadership Project. Now, we've had a number of editions where we've referenced the Leadership Project, where we've had the guys and the folk that have organised the Leadership Project, but now it's time to hear from those people that took part in it, the, the the folk on the ground. So it's time to welcome the graduating class of 2023 who have been in the process and in the program since 2021. So welcome uh, Lighthouse alum Elizabeth Beatty, John Salmons, and Kyle Levesque. Hello. So let's start off by just getting your own backstories. And who are you and where are you from? Uh, let's start with you, Liz. I'm
1: in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I have been an EMS for a number of years, started as a volunteer, kind of caught the bug at that point and then decided at that point in my life, I wanted to make this a career path and I've done a variety of different things. I've been a part of 911 agencies, critical care, private transport, done education, now in leadership, um, have done leadership during my time with critical care transport as well. And um, it's just been an amazing ride. I tell everybody it's a marathon, not a sprint. You got to pace yourself a little bit. But uh, it's an amazing career path.
0: That's actually top tip number one. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, John Sammons, how are you? I'm
2: good. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm a paramedic field training officer for a large uh, urban, suburban EMS agency in North Carolina. We run about 130,000 calls a year. Um, I started an EMS in 1999 as a volunteer EMT as well. Um a background in fire service as well. Um, I actually worked just south of you um, in Virginia uh, when you were in Richmond, Rob. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a great career, and I feel like this program has really kind of enhanced my focus and view on what I want to do in the next part of my career as I as I get older and mature in the in the career.
3: Excellent, Kyle. Hi, yeah, I'm from the Hudson, New Hampshire Fire Department. And I worked there as a lieutenant paramedic, and I've been uh, working in EMS since 2008. I started with a volunteer agency. I've worked for hospital-based EMS, uh, private sector, and now uh, work for the fire department. And uh, yeah, this journey has been nothing short of amazing, and I've learned a tremendous
0: amount. Well, we'll come on to what did you learn uh, in a moment or two. But the leadership program, the Lighthouse program, uh, as I say, you are the first cohort, the first graduates, uh, the first alum of of the program. So what inspired you to uh, sign up in the first place?
1: Honestly, I work night shift. So sometimes those uh, rabbit holes of going through different web pages kind of lead you down a path that you don't always end up realizing you're going down. I uh, was on the NAEMT website looking up some other information, looking at some different classes. And I just happened to see the lighthouse leadership program and dug in a little bit deeper. I had been looking for some different leadership programs and this just jumped right out at me. Um, I think it's always great to um, engage in leadership within your own organization, but what an amazing world to open up to look outside of your organization and gain best practices, new professional contacts, new friends. And um, it, was just very timely for me, call it fate, call it what you will. But it was an incredible opportunity to come on board with this program. And not until I had applied, did I realize that this was actually the inaugural program. So it was kind of fell all together and uh, worked out for the best and truly an amazing program.
0: Of course, with being the first cohort that also makes you the guinea pig as well. But uh, John, John what, what what inspired you?
2: So kind of the same thing. I, I think that you know, everybody should branch out from where they're at. My department does a lot of really great things. We're a really well-known organization. We have a lot of great instructors on, you know, and a lot of great experience. And our medical directors are great inside. But I think it's always good to kind of expand your experience and expand your horizons and and, and grow outside of your organization so that you can take that growth and apply it to your organization. So yeah, I was looking at, you know, leadership programs and ways to network and branch out. And I happened to look on the NAMT website and said, wow, this this looks really neat. And thankfully I got accepted. And yeah, that's the rest, as they say, is history.
0: Kyle, it's always tough being the third person being asked the same question, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us? Well, well, luckily
3: it's fine because it's the exact same answer. I mean, realistically, uh, and I can't even tell you what brought me to the NAEMT website, but I was there. I saw the Lighthouse Leadership tab clicked on it, it started reading, and uh, it, it interested me, and I thought that I was in a perfect position in my career to begin a new project. And uh, let me tell you, I, I didn't expect all of what I got from this program when, when we started. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just by happenstance, filled out the application, and crossed my fingers, and here we are.
0: So I'll stay with you so you get the first question, the next question Excellent. first. Good. Yes, uh, I, I try and I try and not play the numbers game. So you talked about the things you got out of the program, but kind of just sort of take us back to day one, week one, and just talk us through how the program rolls out. And obviously, uh, we're talking to two audiences here. We're talking to, there is now a cohort two, the next, you, you're the folk that are following you, And obviously, there are people that we want to go, hey, this is actually here for you, the NEMT member, to get some amazing leadership, to get some inspiration, to get some mentorship, et cetera. So take us back to day one, week one, and kind of talk us through the steps and and your experiences.
3: Sure. So right from the beginning, there was the application process and that you were interviewed. Um, I was interviewed by two of the um, original mentors, and that was Rom Duckworth and Steve Worth. And they just kind of wanted that face-to-face interaction uh, to put a uh, face and name kind of with the application. And after receiving emails um, from any EMT stating that, your assigned mentor and I got assigned to Ram Duckworth. And, uh, then the communication with Rom and I started pretty quickly after that. And, uh, for, right from the start of the program, I had a zoom meeting with Ram and he just kind of laid out how, how we were going to be creating goals. And I've been, you know, I, I have my bachelor's degree. I've, you know, gone through paramedic school. So I know goal setting, but this was, this was different. This was a different flavor. This wasn't to achieve a degree or to, to, you know, get a licensure. This was, hey, how are you going to chart the rest of your career starting forward? And it was all about, hey, whatever you put forth is okay. Just make sure that that's really what you want. So, um, goal setting was very different this time around from anything else that I had ever done.
0: So you've got a sort of set of smart objectives on yourself. Um, which uh, is something that I think maybe you, you, all of you were encouraged to do by your, your your mentors, John.
2: Yeah, so we set out the first group discussion we had was with Chris Sabolero, and He talked about leadership and talked about setting a vision statement. And let me tell you, when somebody says create a vision statement and you're like, wait, I've never done that before. And, you know, where do I start? Um, so we walked through that and then we created smart goals and individual goals based on us. Um, and my mentor was Steve Wirth. And the great thing about the program is, you know, Kyle had Ram uh, Elizabeth had um, Dave Edgar, and you had this pool of people and experts and industry leaders that you could turn to that, you know, if if I was going to Steve with a goal and he said, you know what, you know, Rom might be able to better help you with this. I could email Ram or, you know, I could email Chris or or anybody. So you had your one-on-one goals with your mentor, but you really were able to to pull from not only other mentors, but the other peers, you know, your other mentees.
0: So, Elizabeth, you went through goal setting. So would you share with us what some of your goals were?
1: Uh that's actually pretty funny. I have to say, honestly, Kyle got really lucky only having two people on his interview. I had like six or seven. I have never been so intimidated over a Zoom meeting ever in my life. Um, so they got really lucky. I, um, It was still a great interview process, honestly. It was very engaging. Um, but goal setting, um, I think a lot of us tend to think of the goals as like, what are we doing for our organization? What are we doing for our crew? What are we doing for our new mentee or you know field training person that we're trying to... Um, bring up, but all of a sudden you had to focus on yourself. And for me, that was really difficult. I think that was probably the hardest part we all encountered at the beginning of this program was, how do I focus on myself? And it's okay. It's not selfish. It's not um, greedy. It's setting a course on you know your philosophy and really honing in on what is your philosophy, not just what somebody else tells you you should be. And um, for me, the number one was Again, that whole marathon versus sprint mentality. This is a really rough career path. And one of the biggest things that I sought to look for um, was longevity. And through that meant self care. Um, I knew I had to really invest in taking some time for myself. We were just coming out of COVID as we came into our uh, first meeting group. And, um, you know, amazingly enough, Zoom meetings at least became very comfortable. Prior to that, I don't know if I really would have enjoyed a Zoom meeting. Um, it was really kind of awkward when I think pre-COVID the idea to have an idea of a Zoom meeting. Um, but it was an instant group um bond. I, I think we all became really pretty good friends and we hadn't even met. Uh, you know, so that goal setting piece was the foundation for all of us. It really helped us focus in on then creating some more smart goals on what we wanted to do for our career path and how to invest in ourselves.
0: I just have to interject that uh, we've all become very expert at Zoom meetings. My last house uh, in LA, I could not have a Zoom meeting without somebody walking past my window with a leaf blower. Um, and it became, it became almost a comical thing that I knew that as soon as I hit start, someone would show up, the, the HOA guy would show up, Again, I, I had I had the cleanest lawn in the world. I will have to tell you. So, uh, but but we we become very familiar. We're recording this in Zoom, by the way, people. But we're obviously putting that in in audio, so we can see each other. And I think a few years on, we're probably very comfortable now with having your face on the camera uh, and and looking at each other, and it just sort of helps us with the visual cues. And it's perhaps the the, the you know we have telemedicine. Now we have you know teleleadership, um, and it's probably the one one of the ways forward. We talked about goals, but obviously this has been an 18 month process for you all. And it's not just, you know, one lecture appointed one person and done. So, Kyle, you know, how how has it stepped out over those 18 months? So, originally, when
3: I was goal setting with Ron, he split it into three different categories. What did I want to do locally? What did I want to do at the state level? And what did I want to do at the national level? Uh, Which was for me very, It was a huge task just to come up with three of those and then further broken down, okay, at the local level, what's a short-term versus a medium over the course of a year and then a long-term. And at first, it seems very overwhelming, and you think, how am I ever going to get something that would take 18 months? And then quickly, you start seeing that the clock starts ticking down, and you realize, man, I may not be able to get this done even in the 18 months that I have with this program. However, what Rom taught me was that that's okay. You can go beyond this program. We're not constrained as long as you're using the resources in these 18 months to keep achieving that. That's great. And the other thing he taught me is that over the course of 18 months, your goals may and probably will change. And they certainly did for me. You know, as I was getting done some of these short-term goals, uh, I was adding new goals and achieving those ones. And then some of the short-term girl- goals that I set for myself, they had to change. You know, One of the things that I had done for a local one was to start a, uh, a paramedic mentorship program. We had three individuals at our department that were going to paramedic school. And I said, you know what, I'd like to mentor one of them. And I was going to be assigned one of those paramedics. And then we hit a huge staffing shortage at our department. And I didn't end up with that paramedic. So that goal went away completely. And it went to instead. Okay, the new probationary firefighter that I was being assigned to. How can I support them? So the goals were constantly changing. A lot changed over the eighteen months.
0: As von Moltke once said in 1842, "No plan survives contact with the enemy, and the enemy can be any of the, any of these things that get in your way." So remember that. Um, but, but clearly you're immediately starting to pay it forward, which is, which is amazing. Um, and of course, one of the other things that you now have is each other's numbers, each other's zoom contact details. And John, the networking was a major part for you, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I had never met any of these folks in person, um, until we went to New Orleans and I, you know, we, we had a group text going, you know, with everybody's travel stuff. And I got into the town and, I was texting and Tony Bixby, another one of our graduates was in the lobby and we sat down, grabbed maybe not a nice tea um, and just sat down like we had been friends for, you know, the eight, past 18 months. Um, so and then, you know, we all got together and had an absolute blast um, in New Orleans, uh, achieving some of the goals that we set together. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, Kyle, I don't want to use your quote.
3: Well, you, you can. It was, uh, it, it was, it was uh, the quote that we came up with that this is our journey. And, you know, especially when you start looking at um, other people that are in the program, uh, either with our class or in the next class, you know, it's, it's hard. We're trying to compare apples and oranges as much as a lot of our goals um, were the same. We're totally different. You know, some of us are third-party EMS, I'm fire-based EMS, and we all had similar ideas, but different goals and different ways of, of going through it. So each of us had our own journey. And um, I think it was when I was eating uh, one of the po boys down there that I, I I interjected and came up with that, that, you know. I was talking about is, your other
2: quote, the one from graduation, uh, where, you know, during graduation, Kyle gave our kind of commencement talked to the NEMT board and the NREMT board, and he said, uh, you know, most graduations signify the end. Um, And this graduation signified the beginning, Uh, the beginning for us and all of the things that we're going to do in our career and going to do together. Um, Because that we not only built an 18 month bond, but we built a lifelong bond and a lifelong friendship. I guess we have a lot of quotes from that trip.
0: That's, that's exceptionally <laughs> profound. You know, <clears throat> every great journey starts with, but with one small step, and uh, clearly becoming part of this program was one small step. And so, you had a chance to interact with things like the NAEMT board and obviously various committees, etc. And of course, this is one of those, uh, you know, what do you know now moments. But uh, you saw, you know, folk who their day jobs is to be a chief or a leader or a something in a, an organization and then after hours usually they're meeting they're planning they're, they're they're creating policy and a framework to move forward for the betterment of our profession our industry whatever whatever name you give it so what did you know i, I hope that you you saw all of that in action and had a chance to kind of you know take stuff away from that
1: we did. Um, and that actually started in or, um, Orlando for last year's expo that some of us were able to go to. Um, some may have regretted coming, joining us for our um, adult frosty beverages afterwards, but we, um, we had a great time talking amongst ourselves. It was just an instant chemistry. And then our mentors became the second layer into those um, after class type conversations. And then industry leaders and industry representatives The poor NREMT president got a little Shanghai bias for one point, um, but that paid off. He wanted the boots on the ground kind of mentality to give him answers that he was looking for. And it ended up putting some personalization also to the Lighthouse Leadership Program. Uh, They saw the importance of it. They've invested in it as well. So those connection pieces were great. And I think sometimes the, um, some of the biggest things that came away for us as a group, when it came to that whole piece of what are we going to do now? Because there was never, well, we're done. It was, all right, well, what now? And so we sat around brainstorming, writing on cocktail napkins and taking notes on our phones. um, And that's become a synergy that has just carried over. And we text message each other off and on daily. Um, We have each had um, good and bad, that has occurred during our time in this program, and we've gotten each other through it. It's been great to have that piece and that extra support system. We now know that we're already looking forward to the next Expo because we know we're going to have milestones to report at that next EMS Expo, which will be in Las Vegas. So we're already starting those planning processes. It's it's a, a force of nature right now, and we're enjoying every bit, every bit of it
0: force of nature. Well, that's uh, excellent. Well, we're just going to take a moment and have a quick break.
4: Hey, I'm Makara Trustee. I am not only an NAEMT member, I'm also a a member of the Lighthouse Leadership Committee. NAEMT, with support from FirstNet, built with AT&T, has developed a course to assist EMS agencies in building and supporting the mental health resilience of their personnel the Mental Health Resilience Officer, or MHRO, course prepares EMS personnel to serve as their agency's mental health resilience officer. In this role, the MHRO will engage with peers to develop an understanding of mental health issues and resilience, identify peers who are experiencing mental health stressors and crises, navigate peers in need to the right services for help, and support the development of a culture of mental health resilience and emotional wellness within the agency. Available online and in a classroom format. And when your agency signs up for NAEMT membership, they will receive free access to this critically important course. For more details, contact membership at naemt.org or follow the links in the show notes.
0: So we're back with the uh, Lighthouse Leadership Project alum, that is uh, Liz Beatty, John Salmons, and Kyle Levesque. You're now the graduates. So what do you know now, 18 months later, that you didn't know when you started?
1: From my standpoint, um, a little more organizational thought process into the goal setting. Um, it's amazing how I haven't done that part of the process for myself through the number of years, but I've been able to take that and also share that with some of my employees. Um they're at that point young and in their career that I figure give them a better head start than I had, I give them some processes for professional development on where they want to create their path. And, you know, the interesting thing of this whole program has been not only did we have shared classes where we had many of our mentors guest speak, but then the other part of the program was tailored individually with our mentor. I think that's the piece that makes this leadership mentorship program key. Because yes, we're getting philosophy, we're getting um, shared knowledge, but then we're working with our mentors to get that individualized piece. And I know for me, I sit with my employees, and you know, what's your passion? What's your next piece you want to aim your gear towards? You know, are you are you saying you want to do SWAT? You want to be a marine medic? You want to be a flight medic? You want to go to PA school? Well, how are you going to get there? So now we set the path, and I've shared those uh, goal setting templates with them.
0: So slightly sort of twist on the question John you know what's the best piece of advice you had from your mentor from any of the any of the faculty that you actually actively are passing on
2: I think for me it's just having that vision that personal vision statement of where you want to go to give yourself direction you know I think if you're just you know, we have a 30 year retirement and if you approach that 30 year career with no goals and no vision, you're just going to flounder. Um, and that, I think, leads to complacency and that leads to frustration of why aren't things happening? Well, you need to have a vision and you need to have goals to achieve that vision. And like Kyle said, that vision can change and that and that process can change. But having vision and to be able to answer as to why I'm doing what I'm doing, I think was my biggest takeaway.
0: So, Kyle, with that vision you've clearly got, where are you going to be in 10 years' time?
3: Well, I can tell you that I'm starting on the lecture circuit right now, and maybe I'll, I'll be on that circuit in 10 years. Maybe I won't be, but I'm looking forward to start doing a little bit more traveling, and I really hope uh, I'll be writing articles more often than I am right now. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm looking for a promotional opportunity in my department right now and hopefully I'll, I'll get that. But if I don't, I'll still be working towards that. And yeah, I, as they were saying, it's a long career and I'm still early on in my fire service career. So, um, that will, that will continue at least for the next 10 years. I'm not retiring anytime soon and hopefully we'll be all back associated with this program as well and i think all of us have the intention of um, applying to become mentors and i don't think any of us want to uh, step away from this program just yet i think we're all in
0: that was a great and perfect answer and what it showed me was the confidence that you have in yourself and the conf- and and the way that you're projecting your your career forward and of course uh, yes you had rom as your mentor so i would wholly expect you to be on the tri- on the circuit anytime soon because uh, uh, rom is one of the best national speakers we have out there and uh, rom you didn't pay me to say that did you mate but i said <laughs> it anyway um and that's and that's cool um john w- what's happening to you next where are you going to go now
2: so i'm um, writing more um, in some articles out there i have some abstracts into north carolina's uh, conference hope to be presenting again at Uh, ems world and just keep moving forward i'm also in the promotional process with my department so hopefully i get that if not i continue to grow and continue to achieve personal goals and and get my uh voice out there a little more and start talking more and teaching more and just moving myself forward
0: well that's two for two what about you elizabeth
1: um, I think honestly, one of the things through my goal setting and my creating my vision statement is how much I love being a paramedic. Um, and I think sometimes we kind of get lost in where everybody thinks we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to advance. I love the position I'm in right now. I have an ability to um, really make an impact with a lot of the newer folks that are coming in on my shift. And that, that gives me a lot of joy. But for me, the biggest piece is that spark again for advancing clinical paramedicine. I am a nerd level 9,000 on certain topics. Unfortunately, uh, Kyle and John had to listen to me incessantly talking about whole blood and ultrasound. Um, But truly, um, I really want to see our profession advance. And by the time I leave, I want to see that we are not following protocols just because we're guessing down a pathway. I want to see and using the tools the, um, the equipment to make actual patient care decisions based on what we're finding diagnostically. So in that area, I definitely want to see paramedicine in advance. I'd like to see it advance in the education piece and also in some you know community mitigation areas where we're actually getting ahead of problems instead of just band-aiding them every day. We all fight those same problems. So it's time to get ahead of the curve.
0: Great. Right, yeah, we are the last great health and social care safety net in, uh, in whether whether you're based, whether you're private no matter what what type of what flavor of ems you are we're out there to solve everybody's problems and uh, we just need to sometimes formalize how we do that i think we and, always show uh, up we always show up we're always going to be there um so my kind of final question that you've been in the program for 18 months you know what's for those that are listening those that are following in your footsteps What's your best leadership piece of advice in the benefit of the the experience you've had that you'd like to pass on?
1: I'd have to say invest in yourself. That is not selfish. It is not egomaniacal. Invest in yourself to be a better uh, medic leader person in your department, your division, And on top of that, find a mentor. It does not always have to be somebody within your agency. I'm fortunate. I have a mentor within my own agency that I sound different ideas off of, both above me and below me. And I think that's the best part. But having somebody outside of your department, even your state, which was part of Jim Page's vision, it has been an amazing opportunity. So I highly recommend getting a mentor.
3: My biggest piece of advice would be to think bigger. And by that, I mean, take whatever goal that you have and look at it and decide, am I limiting myself with this goal? My, one of my original goals was to be uh, a well known speaker in New Hampshire. And that first meeting that we had with Chris Dabalero, he said, well, why are you limiting yourself to New Hampshire? It's not a bad goal, but is there a reason why you can't be a well known speaker in New England or even nationally and that was um, that was kind of stepping through the door and saying yeah i can be a national speaker and there's no reason why the only reason why i wouldn't be is because i was limiting myself to that so anybody who wants to step into a leadership role or to have that goal setting ask yourself are you am i limiting myself with my goal or can i actually do more can i think bigger
2: I think as people move into leadership positions and and start moving up in their organizations, I think you need to remember that leadership isn't a ticket to do less; it's an obligation to do more. You can never stop learning. Um, as much as you achieve, you need to keep pushing, and even if that's you know listening to podcasts or reading books or um, networking, but finding a mentor, finding a group, finding your tribe, finding your people to learn from, to keep pushing you and keep learning and take care of the team that you work for um, and take care of your people and just keep learning.
0: Excellent. I'm going to use the um, mentor's prerogative here and throw my six principles in as we're talking about leadership and uh, my, my offering for everyone to take away is the six principles with which I've always operated. And those are pride, integrity, learning, humor, service, and courage. Pride in yourself, integrity that's absolute. Learning, there is never a day, as Liz has already said, that you don't learn something. Humor, the ability to laugh at yourself and with others, not at others. It's a key there. Service is absolute. And courage, there are two types of courage. There is moral courage and there is physical courage. And actually, it's sometimes tougher to exercise moral courage than physical courage so people out there pride integrity learning human service courage rolls off the tongue remember it take it away anyway that was that was me just jumping in being Mr. Mentor for the minute there but uh, uh, thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate uh, your time I appreciate your insights and hopefully this will inspire the cohort that's behind you and encourage those that are hopefully will follow and apply to be part of the of the Lighthouse program so Elizabeth John Kyle, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Rob.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: So, that was another edition of uh, NAMT Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're li- listening to us on the podcast channel, there's a little check mark there. Go along and check it. It means you've subscribed. So, every time an edition comes up, you get notified. Give us five stars, give us a glowing review. We really appreciate that sort of thing. But most importantly, listen and take away some of the great insights from the guests we have on throughout the uh, NAMT. Uh, radio program so that's it from now my guests were elizabeth john and kyle i've been rob lawrence and until next time bye for now